that was appealing. But the fact that, you know, the closest thing we saw was people walking around drinking forties and stuff like that was cool enough, you know. Yeah. Saint Ives commercial. Saint Ives commercial made me want a forty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's Saint Ives on we're fitting off right now. Just right? hit but- the corner store. You know what I'm looking for. Saint, Saint Ives. <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite local neighborhood barbershop style podcast. I think I got all of the adjectives in there this time. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join with your co-host, well, my co-host, excuse me, Buff and Rizy. Fellas, y'all know what to do. We could be their co-host too. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. y'all part of they, they all part, part of the Three Brothers, Brothers No Sense family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I got a lot to start and end the show. Uh, but for starters, uh, Colorado man, Colorado made a bold move. Their Supreme Court ruled that uh, 45 is ineligible to be on their ballot. They cited uh, him being uh, an insurrectionist, and according to the 14th Amendment, you are not allowed to uh, run for. I don't think just president. I think it's any public uh, office in government. Uh, but more than likely, with a 6-3 conservative court in the Supreme Court, three of the justices that he himself appointed, I believe they'll overturn it. And to be to be completely independent, he hasn't officially been found guilty of being an insurrectionist. So I can see almost any lawyer or whatever arguing that. But it's still, again, it was a bold move and there are other states that are attempting to do the same thing. I think Michigan is one of them. And I read where other states may follow suit. The scary thing is, I'm going to let you jump in for is anytime you do this, the scary thing is always, will this become a normal thing? Mm-hmm. Will the other parties start doing this when the Democrats have a candidate they don't like? And certain states you know, try to rule to get them off the ballot. What you got for Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. There's a couple of things. So how did the, I'm assuming Colorado Supreme Court make this ruling um, that what I think we all kind of agreed when if we first saw it, it's going to be easily, potentially easily overturned by, uh, overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. So what information are they going to look up that's different than what Colorado used to make this this call. I think the Supreme Court will look at pretty much what I what I said. Yeah. That he he like show me where he's been found guilty of being an insurrectionist. This is just yeah based yeah. off your so opinion. How, so how did Colorado make that? Then it's like it's almost it was close too. It was it was it was a four three ruling in their okay. Supreme Court. So. Okay. And it was okay. it was down it was down appointee lines, right? Like Republican appointee versus Democratic appointee. I'm sure it was. Uh, and yeah. so that is a little yeah. bit of the it. The GOP Republicans, the Republicans in Colorado are, are pissed from what I saw. Oh. And secondly, I'm more concerned about the precedent that you said that yes. might be set. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're the 
GOP is coming after Biden, right? You know, for those that don't know, they're trying to get him impeached or all these things. So Mm -hmm. this is dangerous. And it's sad that this is the game that we play where I could really see, especially if certain people get in office, that they really make this part of their strategy moving forward. And then it's like, well, y'all started it. Yeah, it's it's very dangerous. So, so we got that man. I thought that was interesting. Um, I think so. A long time ago, we had a conversation about allowances on here, and I think at first I was against it. After listening to Rising, I was for it, and it turns out you were right, bro. I've been very proud of my daughter, who's been, you know, making great grades uh, as she has begun high school this year. And we was just having a conversation, and she told me because I get in high school. My daughter. <laughs> you got something you want to tell us about, sir? <laughs> she um, she told me money helps motivate her good grades. Like she's like, it's a good, it's a good incentive, and uh, it, it really makes her try as hard as possible. So uh, I know some parents don't agree with that. They feel like, hey, good grades is what expected. Yeah, I, I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying for my child, you know, it's it's working. She definitely enjoys getting a nice little payday when her report card comes in. So uh, if you're listening to this with uh, your mom in the car, Jasmine, keep up the good work. Uh, Oh, I want to rebut back to those folks that say, you know, that's the expectation. Well, the expectation on your job is to do a good job. But guess what? Money motivates you to do a little bit better job, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure sure your boss be like, hey, I'm going to give you a raise. You be like, oh, let me get get a little pep in your stuff, don't you? Like, don't don't act like money don't motivate you. (laughs) I I use that same example. I use the bonus as an example, though. I was like, hey, but when you I say, hey, your job already pays you to do your job. But if you do better than expected, you get a bonus. And you like that bonus, don't you? <laughs> right. So, um, Tiny, what is it? Tiny Desk Concerts? Yeah, NPR. Face Mob, baby. Oh, man. Face Mob. Scarface got, got people talking, man. And I'm so happy. He's one of, I think he's one of the greatest rappers that doesn't get the flowers that other greatest, so-called greatest rappers get. Your your Jay-Z's, your Kanye's, your Kendrick Lamar's, and Tupac's, they get their flowers all the time. Scarface, I think, is relatively rarely mentioned, but after this Tiny Desk concert, I've seen a lot of people just saying how they've been watching it over and over, how they enjoy it, and he came with the heat. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. A lot of times you get artists to perform, and they'll perform a song or two that you're like, uh, I don't really rock with that one. Man, if Face came with nothing but heat the entire set. Like when he started off, I was like, oh, we oh, we just gonna jump right into it. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he just came, you know, oh my block, uh seen a man cry before I seen him. I like all the like, man, it was just real cool to see. And a lot of people didn't know he was a um a musician. He could play the guitar and, and, and other instruments as well, so it's good to see him uh, do that, man. Well, more surprising than him being a musician was I ain't know Mike D was white. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. Hey so yo, a, hey yo, my, he mentioned him all the time. <laughs> yeah, 
and I, I know my coworker, my coworker listens to the show DC. Uh, shout out to Backyard Band, man. I saw a couple people saying, "Yo, that band was dope." They are like legends in this area, in the DMV area. So it was good to see the Backyard Band getting some love. Every time Face comes here, when he performs at the Howard Theater, he gets the Backyard Band to uh, play with him. So uh, it was good to see him including them on this set. Yeah, as they, well. they were they they, yeah. they were groovy, bro. Yeah, yeah. Back back to so, real music. That's all I got for the and, top and, of the show, man. And with man. that though, man, like. Faces up there is like one of the best storytellers of all time, right? Like artist wise. And it's just really cool for so many people that didn't think hip hop was an art form. Um, and and you you listen to what he's talking about in and how he was able to just kind of slow it down, not put all the hip hop bass and all that stuff. You got that band behind you. And it, it it was almost like spoken word, like that when he was telling the stories. That's exactly like what it man's was. cry. Uh, you know, never seen a man cry like that. When when he did that, man, it was just like, and the, the gestures he was making, bruh. When I say this is like top tier, probably best Tiny Desk concert I've ever seen. It's one of it's, it's up there. It it really is. It made me feel it. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. I mean, I I've listened to it five six times already, um, and I I I feel him every time. Like is like you see. He, the feelings and the emotions he evokes is just, it's always there. Um, you hit it on the head, Rizzy, when you pull back the bass and you can get back to the artistry of it, you know, the, the composition of the music, the actual, the spoken words and the things, his imagery that he paints, his depth, when he, the words that he's saying, you know, it, it hits different. He did a great job. I mean, he definitely, you know, Byron has been singing his praises for years and I always respect him as an artist. Right. But um, the Tiny Desk concert just did something completely different because it it solidified the purity of the art. And to what you were saying, Rizzi, the some people don't support the the artistry of hip hop because unfortunately every artist can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. How many people can sit down and you put them on a tiny desk and you peel back the bass and the hook and you like skirt, you know, you can't need that. that, There's only so many sound effects and stuff that you can make that aren't just going to like it doesn't go over well. Right. You know how they made Tupac's uh, lyrics into classes at certain universities. You can't do that with some of these, you know, You know, you can't do a soldier boy class, right? Yeah. Even juvenile. Like we we were super excited about juvenile's tiny desk, but putting juvenile tiny desk versus Scarface's tiny desk, it's it's worlds apart, bro. Like it juveniles was entertaining, it took yeah. you back. It was like, oh, that's cool. But right, looking looking back at his the the singers and Manny and the beat, they did more for Juvenile's Tiny Desk than Juvenile really did for his, if you really look at it. Scarface was the center of attention on that. It wasn't, you know, oh, I'm gonna let this singer sing for a couple of minutes during my Tiny Desk. Um, You know, it was all about face uh, and and the, like yeah. I said, the words and what he says in the song. So, it, it's just, man, I, I can't sing the praises enough. All right. What you got? What else you got, Rosie? Oh, for me. Um. So oh, you got to jump into it. Yeah, uh, we we got to talk about Jonathan Majors has actually been convicted of uh, misdemeanor 
assault and, and harassment. So it's a little different than, you know, full blown felony assault or anything like that. The difference is the intent, right? They, they said that it was misdemeanor assault because he didn't intend to hurt her. He wasn't trying to hurt her. Uh, it came down to the finger when he was trying to wrestle his phone away from her. He broke her finger. Uh, and so that's the assault part of it. Um, and, and him trying to put her back into the car. That's where they uh, are, are leaning it towards for the harassment side of it. Uh, and so that's what he actually was convicted of. Uh, and that's what makes it a, a misdemeanor because he wasn't intentionally trying to assault her. Uh, and so that's how he got convicted from that. This is one of those times the 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 eyes of justice were not blind mm-hmm. because you are allowed to get your property back, especially a phone with how much information is in it. As far as like your like some people have their pay linked to it and a, a lot of sensitive material. Now, I get he probably was trying to get his phone back for different reasons, but still it's his property. If that's a man that takes his phone at a lounge somewhere and he just snatches it back and happens to hurt that man's fingers. I don't think he's getting charged with anything because he's within his rights to get the phone back. Right. Well, don't, don't, don't use the word in the man. If we're in a car together and I take your phone and you break my finger, I shouldn't have took your phone in the discussion. If his girlfriend was in the car and her homegirl took her phone and she broke her finger, she should have never took her phone. So... Uh, you had anything else you want to say on Rising? Because I got some things I want to kind of. That, that's all. I mean, that with one. that, Marvel dropped them. So we don't have a Kang right now. But Marvel has announced that they're going forward with Kang, um, the, the Kang Dynasty and uh, the Avengers movie. So they're more than likely are going to have to recast. Uh, so we'll just see who is going to end up being the new Kang the Conqueror. Uh, if that. I've heard rumors of Will Smith, John, John Boyega. Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to take it. So we'll just see. I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of an unnamed uh, actor on that. Um, But I'll jump to the next thing I was going to talk about with casting. But you you said you had something on Dr. Majors. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is... I'm going to speak freely on this one. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for this. I feel differently about this one, right? You know, usually when we talk about DV, because that's what you know, this was started off, right? Like you were saying, Byron, you know, with him being able to get his phone back, the video footage, her, her aggressiveness. And I even see women and others not as adamant, adamantly defending or attacking him as you normally see when it comes to DV, you know, it's men shouldn't put their hands on women. Right. It's usually just very cut and dry. And then we get into the whole debate. What if that uh, this is that what if situation, right? This is that what if situation that we talk about where, you know, you're weaponizing your well, first of all, weaponizing your whiteness, weaponizing your sexual, you're not sexuality, but your gender. It's it's kind of crazy, you know, like because even when we saw that video, we talked about it last week where she's chasing him down the street, you know, what does that say? Like that shows the instability. It shows all the stuff. Now I know they used tech previous text messages and things like that. She supposedly showed some things that he broke that he threw at her or all these things. But his lawyer was saying, Hey, we're talking about in this instance, this, this is what we're talking about. Like, you know, cause there was rumors or, uh, they tried to talk about, he was, uh, there was a history of, uh, 
uh, emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. So in this situation with the facts that we were given, you know, and you explained it well, Rosie, like, okay, because her finger was broke in the situation, they're saying, you know, assault, but it's just so, I don't know how to feel about this one. Right. It's just, and then it's, I'm very interested to see the punishment, but we've already seen the, the punishment of public opinion, right? He's already been found guilty and punished in the court of public opinion. He likely won't do jail time. I read probably not. I mean, the maximum sentence is one year. It's misdemeanor. So, um, yeah, yeah, he'll probably do, you know, like maybe house arrest or, you know, fines, those types of things. That's probably what he'll have end up having to do, um, along with, you know, have to go to see a counselor and all that. So that that's probably what they'll do. Uh, I'm interested to see that, but it's his livelihood though. Like he he's, he's an actor and like, it's going to be hard for him to get cast for a while now. Um, after this, right. He's going to have to start back small or some, some studio is going to have to take a chance on him. Like they did with Robert, Robert Downey Jr. With Iron Man. Um, and what was that? Um, uh, what was the, the guy who played whiplash in Iron Man two? Um, Mickey, oh, Mickey Roar. Yeah. Same thing there, right? Like they they were Marvel was taking chances on these guys, but now you've got this character and you can't take a chance on him with this misdemeanor thing. So I I, I was surprised they even dropped him. I thought they were gonna stand behind him, uh truthfully. You could tell they had that saved in a draft. Oh yeah. And as soon as the verdict came out, they yes. sent it out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised they already have who they want to replace him. That's true too. Yeah. And Kane might not be black. So you, that was one thing. I was like, you assumed they were going to replace him with a black guy. <laughs> I did. Who gave so. you Negroes a chance. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So, so uh, yeah, that's what I got. Only other thing, man, uh, about casting is um, Alan Richter. So uh, Reacher season two, uh, if you guys know the Jack Reacher stories, he's the um, like investigative uh, person in the military, either Navy or Army, depending on which one you're looking at. But uh, he was like an MP there, uh, got out, but he's like this big towering guy. So Reacher season two has come out. It's dropped. It's really good. If you like that, it's on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Check that out. But he is in talks to play the next Batman or people are fan casting him, those types of things. So uh, that's just kind of cool to see. I think he would make an awesome Batman in James Gunn's DCU. So We'll see how that happens if that pans out, but I think he would make a really good one because if you watch Reacher, he's essentially Batman without a, a cape and cow. So that's that's how good he is in that, and so I think it'll it'll work really really well if they do cast him in that because the dude's like seven two, like three hundred pounds, all muscle. Like he he, it would make a really good Batman. I think the hardest part for DC would be casting a you know villain opposite him that looks as imposing right uh if you tried to go with a bane or somebody like that but i think that's kind of the cool part is batman over overshadowed and overpowered all those other characters and so it might be a cool dynamic to see so you're talking about you can't do batman that big yeah that's what a lot of people are saying you You can't can't make him that big but in the comics he actually is that big yeah he's like 610 or something like that uh in the comics well, how many seven two? Like, if you see a random seven two dude, 
billionaire and he's like in the same city like how many seven two <laughs> dudes are in Gotham City right that's a whole other conversation um but you know I'm way too logical so I'll make the mind quick uh it's all about uh trailers so the trailer and I think uh, I'm with Byron on this one the society of magical negroes what is it the cat this is I'm not feeling oh, okay. it. Yeah, that, that yeah. second trailer just did me in. Yeah. It, it just became a, a rom-com and I was not expecting that. Um, hopefully I'm wrong and I hear better reviews after it comes out. But no. But American fiction looks like it's going to be great. Yep. I'm excited for that. It, it Very is, good cast. Very yes, good cast, man. It, it seems like it's what, what we need. It's it's a comedy. It seems like it's going to be satirical on, you know, the black word, the black press. It's, it's, it's going to be really good. So I'm ex- very excited about that. And um, I went to see the Hunger Games Ballad of what the uh, Mockingbird and Fire Nice. Snakes, snakes, or something like snakes that. and planes. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I know what you're talking about, though. Snakes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> snakes on a plane, yeah. Mock, uh, yeah. Hunger Games, snakes on a plane. It was pretty good, though. It, it, it's the prequel to all the Hunger Games. It tells the story of Snow, the head, uh, the president. It's it's pretty good. It leads up to a lot. It makes they tie a lot of stuff in. So that's the first one. I'm pretty sure they're going to turn into a trilogy because there was a lot. A lot of cliffhangers, a lot of things that were left untold. So if you haven't had a chance and you did like the Hunger Games, I don't know if either one of you guys really got into those stories. I loved them. The books uh, were awesome, too. It was so, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, the books were the books were really good. So it's even better because Katniss annoyed me. So she's super annoying. But you, see, it's almost you see him becoming a villain. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if it was a DC movie or something like that, he's like, this is how the Joker was made. You know, you can see his his wheel spinning. So outside of that, let's jump into it. Uh, is Sophia available? She is not, man. She's with her grandma. And I did not get okay. a joke together. So oh, man, y'all that's, get to that's, skip. that's unfortunate. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I do have a funny uh, joke. Um, a family purchased $10,000 in gift cards for Disneyland. And then they found out it was for Disney Plus. So I just found that funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with $10,000 in gift cards. They thought it was for Disney, but it was for Disney Plus. I don't know what you do with $10,000 worth of Disney Plus. I don't know what you do with $10,000 worth of Disney. <laughs> uh, you can you can spend ten k at Disney. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, that's a lot of gift cards. Very much well, a yeah, lot of gift put, cards. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. How many, oh, how that many cards? Hurts. That hurts. Oh. And I'm pretty sure you can't sell gift cards back. Nope. You can't Dang. refund. There's no refund that's on gift cards. So they just got to give them away. Disney Plus for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was sad, man. Yeah, man. That's that's <laughs> that's horrible. Well, who wants to go first? I think we got two questions last week. Who didn't get to go? Um, I didn't. I you didn't, didn't get. Yeah, to go. you didn't get a chance to go. I don't think. All right. So, um, not long ago, we talked about we we actually disagreed on when Orlando was it Orlando. 
somewhere in Florida. It was somewhere in Florida that had, um, I think it was Daytona, as a matter of fact, in that area. But they had the uh, the mass shooting that was racially motivated. And you guys felt like run, Governor DeSantis was uh, liable because of some of the, the language he's used over the years. Um, and also we've seen rap music and hip hop be a target of that over the decades uh, from where they had to add the parental advisory, explicit content and all that stuff. They were getting blamed for violence and things. My question to you guys is <clears throat> when when do we when do you actually blame language? And when is when does the person who goes out there and commit the act it's just solely on them like where do you draw the line like with rap music and what politicians say? I remember Sarah Palin was kind of called out for putting, um, I think, bull's eyes on certain uh, members of Congress. And then Gabby Giffords wound up getting shot in Phoenix, Arizona. So where is the line where you can say fiery rhetoric if you're a politician or if you're a rapper, you can, you know, paint these vivid pictures and you're not necessarily blame their language. When does the language go too far in y'all opinion to where you can say, you know what? You should be kind of held accountable for that one. I think for me it's when it's a direct line, right? There's very different of saying generally I believe this or I think we should do this or whatever versus you know we're going to go out and do this exact thing, right? Like I, I think when they set the plan or they target somebody or something like that and, and then somebody goes and follows behind that, knowing that that person has a follow. And I think that's the other part about it is it's, it's, it, it, it's a moving target because it's not the same for every person, right? You saying something um, is very different than somebody who has a, a following and they have actual henchmen behind them that are like, well, they said that, so I think we should go ahead and do it, right? Like, I, I think that's where you have to look at the following and how much that person is worshipped. I hate to say it from like a hero worship type of, of vibe, right? If they have people that really are going to follow through with that thing. So you talk about the Tupac Biggie thing, right? I, I, I think there is something there to say because you know that you have a following behind you that are gonna do that. You got those homeboys that are gonna do it, right? Like we can't say certain things around some of our friends because they might make it happen, right? And, and we know that. So it, it's I think it's that. It's when you know that you have people that are gonna follow through and then you say those things and they do it, that's when it it comes down on you. Other than that, I, I think it is just kind of that fiery Reddit. But the problem with it is that we know a lot of these politicians have people that will follow through on that. So they have to be careful about what they say and about targeting stuff and saying we, we need to take this person out or whatever. You can't use those types of words with people that have a third grade education and are just going to follow you for whatever reason, you know, that you they follow you today. So to put you on the spot, and if you don't have an immediate uh, example 
then that's fine because sometimes it's hard to think of specific ones. So, so like in uh, DeSantis's case, I, he's never said, you know, go and shoot black people, but you felt like his rhetoric could be construed as, I guess, being against minorities and black people. So how would you, I guess specifically, how would you tie him into like the explanation you just gave yeah, like for, for, to him that, having a following and directing Yeah, I don't know if you remember, yeah, do remember my stance on it, but I, I did say that he wasn't liable for it. I I, I, I okay. said that he, he held some responsibility because he does, right? Like, and I think that's the thing where I, I, I don't necessarily hold you liable. Like you did it, but you do have some responsibility if you're empowering the people who are doing it right if you make them feel comfortable to do it if they feel like they're gonna get away uh, with it because you've kind of they've seen how you've skirted the law or you've stacked the courts to do these things and and then you have that rhetoric behind it and they feel like they have that powerful ally in you um and then they can go out and do it so yeah you're not directly liable for it you're not you know on the hot seat but you do have some culpability i guess in everything like we, we can hold you a little bit accountable for it but i'm not saying that you're you're you know ron DeSantis, it's your fault this person died i i wouldn't put that on there and i know some of the people were saying that uh and so i disagreed with them that it was his fault that he died but he does have a level of responsibility because of all the other stuff and the rhetoric and all of that stuff there uh you you know it's 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 one of those things where you you feel it or as as a human being you probably should be able to feel it in your heart like you should feel some guilt and i guess that's what it is if i was in ron DeSantis's shoes and i had said all that stuff and that happened i would feel some guilt and so that's why i say you you, you know morally he should feel some guilt there but I, I don't think legally or anything like that it's his fault um to your initial question like where's the separation i th- i think it's all like Rizzi said, I think it depends on the power and the influence you have over people. Uh, the, directly what's said, I think two things can be true. You can be responsible and the person who or li- responsible, but the person who committed the crime can be responsible and liable. So um, a good example, and we're dealing with it now, is still January 6th. Like there's an argument about how responsible is Donald Trump for the actions of January 6th. He never word for word said, go attack the Capitol. So how can you hold him responsible? But he knew just like anybody who's a professional motivator, that's how he sells himself coaches are professional motivators they'll go out and a good coach will have a team feeling like they can run through a wall politicians motivate you to feel what they're saying rappers musicians try to they they make their money off of motivating you to feel and follow their direction and their 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 movement how are you going to start talking what slang what term can they come up? how can you dress like them how can you be the next risey rod the new rapper from birmingham like whatever it is you, they they try to build off of that. I mean, Ron DeSantis is a you know a poor man's Trump, right? It's he knows over time he has built a following for people who are looking for somebody to 
say because I'm not a leader to say the things that I need to hear. And I wanted to say that I always already wanted to do or already kind of had a feeling. And now he put it into words. And so, yeah, he didn't say go out and shoot up a club or anything like that. But he also talks about the dangers of, you know, all these things that are woke and black and, you know, the LGBTQ community. Like he he attacks certain groups to make them feel like they are a threat to uh Christian values, the white norm and all that stuff. And so somebody who doesn't know how to deal with these things is like, well, it's an attack. Let me let me be a patriot because a lot of these people consider themselves patriots. They they they, they justify the things they're doing. Is Ron DeSantis should Ron DeSantis necessarily be on trial for the the shooting? No. Um, it gets dangerous because then you talk talking about the First Amendment and people being muted. But it's like when you have too much power and pull and you're able to get people to go out and do whatever you want to do, because I feel like at one point, you know, we didn't know what Trump was going to do with the world. You know, we we talked about there was, you know, general consensus, especially during the pandemic. That it could be a race war, right? It was so many things that were and all it took for is somebody like Trump to really galvanize the people get them going whatever the case may be and any of those things could have sparked because people like that have power um i I don't know um they they have some responsibility they're not liable you know um they do do have some responsibility though yeah and and with that like when you look at trump I, i i do think he's liable because Without him saying those words, without him saying, come to the Capitol, without him saying, don't let it. He literally said, don't let them certify the stuff like like he said those things. And so, you know, by all means necessary, like like he said things like that. And so I do find him liable because when we talk about his rhetoric, his rhetoric directly said, go do these things. Um, or he didn't say go do it. But he said make sure this thing happens it, we in the army we call it commander's intent right like as long as i can get my commander's intent then whatever the mission says whatever the op order says does not matter i am going for my commander's intent he gave his intent do not let them certify the election they stole it it's ours don't let them certify it boom i got my commander's intent so now, whatever I got to do not to let them do it, I'm going to rally. I'm going to walk. We're going to march. That's not working. Boom. We're going to get in there. We're going to stop. Them. So ultimately, I feel I find him 100 percent liable in that case. And I, I do think uh, any jury, once it actually happens, they are, too. But then also you got to look at the social environment because things like that are going around on around you. You have to be aware of what you say. You know, like if you know that school shootings are up and stuff like that, or if you're a coach, and you know, football team's been fighting and there's been a lot of stuff. It's been a heated like you have to be aware that you can't go say certain things because even though you might not have been the catalyst, they got this. But there's a certain energy in the air where you're like, OK, it's chippy out there. Yeah. Yeah. America's very chippy. Because I remember back. And so when, you was can't that, be. When was that John McCain was um, debating some other Republican? And they were trying to go after Obama and McCain called him out and was like, no, you know, he, he's he's not. A, I think he said he's not a Muslim and he's not this and this. Um, we just differ on 
like opinions. I can't remember exactly it, what it was. Do you remember? It wasn't. It wasn't another can. It wasn't another candidate. It was a person in a uh, in at one of his town halls. Oh, okay, okay. It was a la- it was a lady that said, you know, he's a Muslim and stuff, and he took the mic from him. Um, so good, good, good stuff. Here's here's what I what I I'll say because I think there's an even worse example for DeSantis because I didn't I didn't feel quite how you guys did about the shooting when it came to his rhetoric that you did. But I want to start here. I think the foundation of the language always begins with a them versus us. Now, I'm not saying every time someone lays that foundation, they can be liable, but it's it starts with that. When you start making people feel like they're on one side versus another side, and then you start... Yeah, then you start turning it up on how they're not only, you know, bad people that we disagree with, but they're ruining your livelihood. When you start telling people, hey, they're a threat to your livelihood, then people respond to that in certain ways. And then the more and more specific rhetoric you add to that, you definitely can start uh, looking for blame. A couple of examples, though, like Hold, with, real quick, you, that's a good point, especially when the people saying that have the power to potentially protect you as well. Mm-hmm. So me telling a bunch of black people that they're att- fur can't do for us. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do for the people. Mm-hmm. But if the president, the governor who might pardon you and has political power and friends is saying these things, then you might be able to get away with it, because why would the governor of Florida? tell you anything wrong continue yeah so like this is something Tupac faced he went to court for um, with DeSantis during a debate one of the recent debates he said that when he's elected he will make it so any Mexican that's crossing the border I think he said with a bag that he would direct border patrol to shoot yep so, yeah. So, run. Not everybody is uh, carrying fentanyl in a drug dealer or a member of the uh, the Mexican mob. So you're just gonna shoot people without any type of due process whatsoever. So now, because we had a group called the Minutemen during the Bush administration, who were took it upon themselves to patrol the border. So now, if they come back or a group like them come back and do that. I definitely think DeSantis would have some explaining to do because that is specifically saying it. That that's that's kind of where I, I draw the line. Young Jeezy, you everybody knows about him and uh Gucci Mane's B. But in one of his songs, he raps and then at the end he says, I got ten thousand dollars for anybody who will bring me his chain. And then one of the people that he was associated with. Broken Gucci Man's house, Gucci Man wound up shooting and killing him. That's on Jeezy. Mm-hmm. You put that in it, you specifically put that energy out there. That's on you, big dog. Um right now, Abbott, with uh with what's going on in Texas, he's the basically he's uh signing into effect that anybody who any lawman suspects of being an illegal alien, they can stop and question all this stuff. Like he's basically like if you look Mexican, I can 
And so, so it stopped how many citizens arrest or it's essentially yeah, pretty much yeah. for Hispanics. I won't even say Mexican, right? It's crazy. But stop and frisk for any Hispanic yeah, looking yeah. person. Anybody who, who... So, so it's it's yeah, so I, I am a big uh, you know, I'm all about free speech and I listen, I know rhetoric gets fiery. Nearly every politician at one point or another has said, We gotta fight, you need to fight, we gotta fight. That usually means get the vote out, uh, protest if you need to, that kind of thing. But then you got some, you got to fight, got to fight, got to fight. And they really mean, you know, that they want you to go tear some stuff up. So it's definitely a case by case basis. I just I just wanted to have this discussion, man, um, and just point out a couple of specific examples that I had. But um, I think when you start getting specific then you definitely can hold that person liable. But overall, I just think the people that carry out the acts are the ones that are to blame. And I don't want rap music blamed for every drug deal and and killing and things like that. At the peak of rap in the 90s, I said this over and over, at the peak of rap in the 90s, violent crime was going down. So, Yeah, uh, but I think there are links that you have to look at and... That's a whole nother conversation, though. I mean, it, it's which came first. It's a chicken and egg thing. Was right? it people... was it hip hop telling the story of what was actually <laughs> happening, or was it hip hop driving the 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 things that were happening? Right. I I I don't think it was hip hop driving it. I think it was the war on drugs and drugs and all of that that was happening. Economics, Reaganomics was happening. It was catching up with us. Like all of the th- those things were happening. That was driving a lot of that. Uh, and and yeah, and, yeah. They, and they did a great job in doing that. But now they got to do like Pimp C said during his famous rap. I mean, rant against Atlanta. When okay, we didn't told the story about how it's drugs out there and the killers and stuff like that, and how you got to sell drugs to make a living. Now it's time to start telling more and more the other side. How you getting arrested in and out of jail? How your life is constantly in danger? How you're hurting your own community in a lot of ways like that playing into the hands of the system that hey we can lock you up while you help kill more people that look like you tell the yeah. other side that's not what that's what rap is missing a lot of times mm-hmm. yeah for me I'm talking about uh, I think this new recreational drug uh, epidemic that's going around like these kids you're into drugs like never before like it's, and all that stuff. Yeah, and and that I think that's and it's not like the the dope game or you you know you got to do this to make money and live and it's just like freaking suburban middle class black kids, you know. It's right now like in Texas or Houston or HISD or all of Houston. Uh the epi the epi pen the uh the vape pen and all that stuff is so bad that they're cracking down on that. You get caught with a vape, vape pen, it's 10 days suspension automatically. It's just people are overdosing in schools left and right, good good and bad schools. And it's talking about, you know, everybody's just so... Now, and you know what? I will, I definitely will co-sign that. I think, you know, listening to rappers talk about things that you know you wouldn't do that we, you know, get you in trouble, like killing and stuff like that. 
you, you most people are not going to do that. But the fun stuff they talk about, the recreational drug use, the, the having sex with as many people as you can, things like that, that I think is very influential to the youth because the youth are all about having fun. They ain't going to necessarily pick up a gun and kill somebody, but they will yeah. try this pill. They will try yeah. this, you know, yeah. drug. Because the the even though like our rappers and back in the day were rapping about certain things, like you said, I wasn't trying to be no, you know, like I wasn't trying to be no stick up kid. I wasn't trying to be no, like, I ain't about to go do no hard drugs. Like none of that was appealing. But the fact that, you know, the closest thing we saw was people walking around drinking forties and stuff like that was cool enough. You know, St. Ives commercial. St. Ives commercial made me want a 40. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's St. Ives on we're fitting off right now just right but, the corner store you know what i'm looking for say say nice. Nice. But it, it, it's, it's gotten to it's gone to a whole nother level where kids are kids are ODing before school bruh like it's 6 30 7 o'clock in the morning and kids are fa- falling out and passing out in line getting into school because they have to do so many drugs because they're cracking down on drugs at the schools are trying to crack down on drugs. I mean, it's these kids are super innovative how they're sneaking drugs into their mules now. Mm-hmm. Right there. It, it's, it's a thing, you know, it's almost how can you get drugs into the school? It's part of the pastime. So let's jump into the next one. So uh, it's Christmas and, you know, Byron, you have a teenager high schooler and, Rising, I have both young kids still, and um, Santa's been doing his shopping and all that good stuff. And I've seen several comments, and we've talked about it before, maybe on the show or maybe amongst ourselves about, you know, telling our kids, you know, the truth about Santa. And and spo- spoiler alert, parents, if you're riding with your kids in the car, uh, this is not safe for the uh, children. Um, so you might want to pause it until you, yeah. you know, drop them off at school. Yeah. Once again, reiterate, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So, um, give you a little while to do that. But I'm seeing more and more people, um, say that they'll never let their kids believe in Santa and all that stuff. And it seems like anybody want to guess the reason that we keep hearing that people don't want to tell their kids. Most of the time it's, they don't want this white man taking their credit. That's usually what black people say. They don't want this white man taking their credit. Uh, but generally they don't want to lie to their kids, big or small. They don't believe in lying. To I see that maybe 10% of the time mm-hmm. that I don't want to lie. I think more than anything, like you said, it's, I don't want to take the credit. So I don't want the white man taking credit. What are your thoughts on that? How do you guys feel about that as a whole? Well, I agree. And, and, we, and we had one person recently make a post saying that they told their five-year-old and they won't let them believe it. And if your kids are around, they'll tell them to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm 50% with that person. I I don't believe in, I, well, I didn't tell my kid that was a Santa Claus. Uh, I told her straight up that there is no uh, Santa Claus. How old was she? Maybe three or four, something like that. Okay. Um, But 
I I I don't want some. It's it's a lot of reasons for me, uh, and most of it is based on race. But I didn't want some mythical character getting my credit. But more or less, you will never find a white family giving credit to a mythical black person to their kids. You won't find it. But we do it so freely because it's tradition. I don't rock with that. And I don't think it ruins their Christmas. Kids like free toys. Kids like toys. So their birthday is no less. There's no Santa Claus around their birthday, yet they love their birthday because they get gifts. So it didn't ruin her Christmas. She still looked forward to it. And I will also say this. <laughs> While I told her there was no Santa Claus, I believe she still <laughs> believed in it anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she, like, wanted, she wanted to believe. <laughs> she was like, yeah, dad, I ain't hearing that mess you talking about. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, I, I, I did come from it a place of, I never want to, I never want to lie to her. So big or small, I didn't want to lie to her. And so I started with that. And did you do the, we, like the other the other stuff, the tooth fairy and all of that? Did you do those? I did the tooth fairy, but what does the tooth fairy look like? Like there is no, there is no, a lot, bro. Yeah, so there so yeah. Is no, well, I, I was I was I wasn't using it for the the whiteness. I was like you you were like you don't want to lie, but you were lying about the tooth fairy and saying you don't want well, to lie about well, Santa. Hum, well, humans are in, humans are consistently inconsistent, so <laughs> I, I'm not immune to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not amused to that. So, so, yeah. so not lying with him to make him feel better. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant that, but I, I just never gave it a thought with Two Fairy because it's like that's not something that she really is. It wasn't a big thing, you know what I mean. So I, I didn't give it much thought as far as like, yeah, oh, those, we're, those, we're lying, you know. Those because uh, you know two dollars and fifty cents you got you, because you know, you, I was the Two Fairy. <laughs> I, I was the one that was leaving the money. You know what I mean. <laughs> So, I get it. I get it. Yeah. it, it so, some little white girl, some little white fairy can get credit for the two dollars and fifty cent you left under well, the pillow. How do we know it's what? How do we know I'm it's white? With you. <laughs> whatever, whatever she thought it was, was they can get credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because let's be honest, most kids think of fairies. They think of the little white elf looking, uh, you know, fairy. That's what they kind of think about a lot of times. So maybe not Jasmine, yeah. but we, just we in should, general, we should look at changing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should look at changing. Yeah, that. and and they, they we are, and that's why white people are so pissed about diversity inclusion efforts, right? Like when uh, who was it? Uh, Shara, mm-hmm. Yara Shahidi was Tinkerbell, um, and she was casted. Or yeah, I think she was cast as Tinkerbell. Um, you know, there was this huge outcry for that. Um, when what's her name from um, Blackish became uh, Ariel or no wait yeah that was Yara Shahidi and then yeah. it was uh, Chloe or uh, Halle ba- Bailey was Ariel there was this huge outcry yeah, because of that right and so we're trying to change that mentality of they're automatically white by adding these folks in and showing them as people of color and there's a huge outcry because of that so that's just as an aside society is trying to change it with inclusion and representation but they're getting pushback from it um but i think i don't love that by the way i don't love that by the way you don't love what the the what pushback or uh putting black putting black turning what's been known as white characters into black i like coming up with our own but when you're talking about like a fairy plus, in general even... or are you talking about like tinkerbell ariel like the the traditional about ariel yeah, okay yeah, yeah. all right yeah 
Yeah. Tinkerbell had black friends. Like, make her one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just bring one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, but um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I, I do the same thing with comics. Like, I don't like the race swapping of comic characters. It's like, I want Peter Parker should always be white, right? Because he's a white guy, and I like that Miles yeah. Morales. They made a new Spider Man for him, um, to do that. So I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, for me, I we were talking about this Ferg um before the the show started. I I told my kids about Santa. I let them believe in it. Um, I enjoyed. The the twinkle in their eye, them talking about Santa. You told one kid. Um, what do you mean? I told. Oh, oh no, I haven't told bad. them about Santa. I, I let them believe no, in my, Santa. My I was on, growing yeah, up because yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked seeing them excited about Santa, tracking Santa on the little app and all of that. You know, during it, it was just it was fun. It was just fun for them to do and imagine. Um, because and that's what I was all about. I'm like, use your imagination. I want you to kind of exercise that muscle. Uh, and everything and that's how I look at it I don't look at it as lying I look at it as storytelling like we're telling a story about it I want you to make up stuff we we made sure we went and saw black Santa clauses uh, so it wasn't a, a white Santa um, you know that type of thing we we talked about that and how Sa- we it, it's kind of funny we didn't do Santa as a like individual because we talked about how like it Santa looks like you right and so it was white kids probably look at Santa as being white and and Hispanic kids probably look at Santa as being Hispanic right and and that type of thing we we kind of went with that because we in his house we had a black Santa uh Santa was always black um but I also limited what Santa would get credit for so I only give my kids one gift from Santa Claus Santa Claus doesn't get the seven, eight, ten gifts, gifts, gifts that they get. Uh, Santa gets one, and it, and it's a usually like more inexpensive gift. He doesn't bring your PlayStation. He's not bringing your Nintendo Switch. You know, he's not getting credit for that two hundred and fifty dollar item. He's getting credit for that thirty dollar, you know, little bear, teddy bear that you wanted on your list. Uh, so that's usually how uh, I've always done it. But to talk about that person that's just gonna like try to ruin my child's imagination and and you know happiness around that that's not for you bro and so you need to handle yours but don't try to ruin it and truthfully i i think if they did do that my kids will just come to me and ask and i'll just be like you know they they just be in buttholes about it like you know that usually my answer when they ask me about santa is what do you believe anyway and so i kind of let them figure it out because i'm trying to feel out when they actually are ready to stop believing um, and so I just kind of let them kind of ride with it until they, they are ready to kind of start questioning it until they start getting yeah, so them, old. Let them figure it yeah. out. Yeah. And so like Ollie, yeah. I was talking to Ferg, um, I'm, I'm telling Ollie after this year, Sophie found out about it last year. Um, yes. and I'm telling Ollie at the end of this year, uh, cause he's going into, he's third grade now. Wait, why, what? Why are you telling them? Why you want to let them figure it out? I mean, because there's other kids in his class that are starting to kind of question it. And so he's questioning me about it. He's questioning me hard about it. Like, is it real? This, that, and the other. He still thinks it's real. I, I don't want him to be that kid that's that holding out and all that and fighting for Santa Claus in there in the classroom. So I, I, I do think it's kind of time. And it just kind of as he gets older, I think it's time for him to kind of, all right, it's time to let like let it go. Uh, You know, you're, you're almost 10 
let it go. It's it's he's not real, right? I'm gonna get all the credit for it. Um, so I don't I don't know I don't know how I decided that yeah. this would be the last year, but um, I think it was a little bit of Sophie made <laughs> it, me it, say you, you get the feel that you know she found out last year and she's like, you well, you gonna tell Ollie? I was like, well, not this year, so maybe next year, so he'll be the same age as you when you find out. So it's kind of was a little bit of a deal with Sophie too. So similar situation. So I'm more with Rozzy. Um, that's how kind of we do it in our house where it's Sky's gonna we're gonna talk to Sky about it after this. I mean, similar thing. She's starting to ask. I think she's one of the last people in our class. But when you talk to Sky, and the reason I'm okay with and not even okay, I'm almost dreading telling her because there's a certain innocence about believing mm-hmm. right I, I started to look back personally like life before Santa and life after knowing about Santa and maybe I'm a you know I'm an idealist you know and I feel like that's that's a big part of your young childhood that's gone like you start questioning things I feel like once I stopped believing I, I started looking at everything a little differently Right. There's a certain innocence that come with that. And with me, even with what you were saying, Byron, and I'm not I'm not knocking you by any means, but I think sometimes we're so hell bent on our internal struggles with race and all that stuff that we're pushing off to kids. It's like my daughter's going to the rest of her life. She's going to deal with racism and white people getting credit and stuff like that. I don't I don't have to introduce her to that world this early. Because she still deals with her own little microaggressions at school. You know, she's locking her hair and stuff. So people are asking about her hair. So she's dealing with her own things. So kids don't care how much money you spent. You know, they're not like, oh, I love my daddy more because he spent. Um, I'm looking at my gifts. That's about seven hundred dollars versus some white dude. It's you know, it's they they're going to appreciate you. They're going to appreciate the situation regardless. Um my eight-year-old appreciating that Santa brought her gifts versus my nine-year-old knowing that I got the gifts. She's still going to enjoy Christmas, right? Um, I caution us because I was thinking about it the other day and it made me think about how many people still are so focused on teaching our kids to struggle, right? Like, well, they got to struggle and stuff like this. Like, no, they don't have to struggle because in our mind we were we're so hell bent of teaching them this 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 method or whatever. It's like they're gonna have their struggles. I want to prepare them, but they don't have to struggle. I don't want to have to take their certain you know things about their childhood away because I don't want a white man getting credit. Like my kid is eight, you know, my kid is four. He shouldn't be worrying about what white men buy versus what daddy buys. He sees what daddy, they see what daddy buy every day. Cause I complain about money all the time. Um, and cause I thought about that. I debated that a lot, but it's like, you know, that's me putting my, 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 my burdens on them. That's how I take it for me. It's like me putting that as like, I'm, oh, they're not going to be in therapy saying, well, I'm glad my life turned out that much better because at six, my dad told me there was no sin and I was able to focus on the plight of the white man and how he's <laughs> trying to down the black people. It's just like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make, I don't feel like it's going to make them a better person, you know, yeah. um, in the long run. And I'm all about trying to prepare my kids and make them better people. And the longer they can enjoy 
and I can protect even like when Rise was talking about the stories, like when I get those stories and I can have conversations. Oh, yeah. I talked to Santa the other day. He was asking, you know, because um, he was asking about the lamplighters, yada, 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 because one of the lamplighters, you're like, I make up and it, it, it creates this whole story in this world and you see them light up and, you know, whatever they were doing, they get quiet and you just see it. You know, it's, I remember it's, my it's dad telling me, like, like, it was it's just like, a world yeah, I created. It's, it's believing in magic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like I'm in a Hallmark movie <laughs> right now. Ferg talking about innocence and stuff. Man, come on, man. Y'all killing no, me. But like, for for my kids. That, it's really not that serious. Like, for me, it is. They're, they're going to enjoy Christmas regardless. And I, I, I honestly, God, don't know why every year this is even an issue. If you want your kids to believe in Santa, cool. If you don't, Cool, but I see people get so upset. How dare you take Christmas away from them kids? Yeah. Like, I, it's it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not not you personally, but yeah. I'm just saying. But no, when you were saying like the innocence is gone, that that's like no. laughable to me. I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't you know, it's it's I, I, to each I, their yeah. own, but I don't know why yeah. it's so serious. Yeah, it, it's, it, I, I think the same it's, reason it's serious. It's make sure that a white man doesn't get credit for your gifts because microaggressions add up. Like. Listen, we 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 have seen how they've used white and black dolls as tests on how kids feel about themselves personally. Little black girls specifically struggle with their race at a young age without you even talking to them at all about it. Like all of it adds up. If I can eliminate one, especially one that's not even serious. Yeah, but say talk about but representation. My like, daughter, the, she's the, ne- the, the, the two big movies that came out around Christmas right now have Black Santas in it. So Jingle All the Way, Candy Cane Lane, uh, they're both Jingle All the Way. I think has um, like Ludacris in it, and I think it's called. The, that's the name of. It? I think that's it. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah I know. What you're talking yeah. About. yeah, Ludacris. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was the name of the Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's dashing through the snow. Yeah, it is Jingle All the Way. Is, uh, uh, yeah, that's Sinbad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. It's dashing through the <laughs> like snow. The I knew it was. I, I, yeah, I just knew it was a, a Christmas song. But dashing through the snow and Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy, <laughs> like those have black Santas in them, like both of them. So I, I, I don't think it's. I agree with you. I don't think the child's not gonna enjoy Christmas if you know that. What they aren't gonna enjoy is the the like the spirit the uh, the 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 season of Christmas. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's a day for them. Um, and, and so they can still enjoy all the other stuff that goes along with it. it it's just one of those things, man, that it, it's one less thing they get to like light up and, and, and imagine. Enjoy about so, because it's, it, it's going to end quickly. Yeah, like, like you'll but, have so many like years, said, eight yeah, years. But of- like you said, it, it's not that serious one way or the other. I, I don't look down on any of parents that don't decide not to. I, I think that's fine. But what I do want to make sure that folks understand is that don't look down on the people that don't do spoil it for else. right and let it be in that family what they're doing with their child like stop trying to like I, I you shouldn't be telling folks how to raise their child they shouldn't be telling you how to raise your child that I think is the issue is that people are trying to make it like you say how dare you take it away it's, it's not that big of a deal like so, certain people don't even yeah, celebrate so, Christmas in general, right? Like cer- certain religions right. don't even do Christmas, so they don't worry about Santa or anything else because they don't do Christmas at all. So what? What? There's no difference there. So yeah, I'm with you. On, I'm with both of you on this. I will say this: 
I'm always with challenge your thoughts and making sure you're doing things for what you truly believe are the right reasons, not because this is what somebody told you to do, whatever the case may be. You know, like uh, even with my, my example, I was saying, I feel like some pe- so many people are just so adamant about doing it. It's like you know, your kid lives to be 75. 68 years of it, they get to believe in Santa. Like, I mean, they don't believe in Santa. Like, don't don't necessarily get so hell bent because like, you know what? I'm so pro black that I don't want like let them be let them be seven. Let them be six while they're seven and six. You're you're dealing with a teenager. You see the change. You wish you can go back to those. I'm assuming go back to some of those days when she was just so much more loving and under daddy and all this stuff. I'm just assuming maybe she hasn't made it to that teenage years. Maybe she hopes she never makes it that way. You know, I'm scared about that. I have an eight year old daughter and I started to see her little. She, I'm starting to see her little uh, growth. You know, like her breaking away more, and I'm like, my God, give my little sweet sky. The, the little ind- the independent. But I want to hold on to those moments. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, like, so I want to hold on to that as long <laughs> as you know, as possible. So a part of for me as well. So don't blindly just you know feel like you should have to believe, you know, make your kids believe in this white guy because it's what you're taught and all this stuff. Like, hey, maybe you switch it up a little bit, and you know, like, hey, Santa brought y'all one gift each. That's it, mom and daddy. Auntie Ferg, Auntie, Auntie, Auntie Tab and Byron about this. Like, it's no right or wrong way, but just make sure you're doing things for the reasons that really make sense to you and don't follow things blindly. I will say, if you're on my team and, and don't believe in telling your kid, chances are they still kind of believe because <laughs> they got they got so many other kids, all the other kids, society, like what they want to believe that that. that that uh that poster that Razio was talking about, who said that he will tell your fight. Like I don't know what reasonable grown up would get pleasure in telling somebody else's kid there is no Santa Claus. I don't. Well, because I, because you're not woke enough, these black kids <laughs> because of all this, I, you know. And he, I, I saw that he said because I'm not finna lie to anybody else's kid. I'm like. That's not your place, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you know how many times I've told kids, "Oh, that looks great," and you're doing a great job when they're sucking it up. Like you gotta lie to kids sometimes, right? You gotta be like, "Oh, this macaroni yeah. necklace is the greatest thing in the world." Thank you. Like you, you oh, exactly. You, you gotta do it because I feel like kids want to believe. You know, certain people want to believe the lie. Certain people need to believe the lie in life. You know, I'm pretty sure our wives and people we dated lie to us all the time just because we needed to feel a certain way about ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and vice versa. You don't say certain things to the women in your lives because they need to believe certain things. And so my thing I, is, I feel like, I feel like this dude that's saying, this, the dude that's saying that he's going to tell the other folks, he also told his wife, she looked fat in that dress. He also told like, like <laughs> that's the type of dude it, that he comes off. It's like, he, he because I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be rude as shit to you like i feel like that's what it is like it's horrible man uh, yeah I, i'm i'm not gonna tell i'm not gonna tell you look good if you don't though i will just say like maybe, yeah, maybe that's not the dress we're a little straight you know, up I'm, in this house yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, i've seen you you know what else were you thinking about wearing you know like um, but my wife is gorgeous and she looks great yeah. in anything so it doesn't matter <laughs> all right let's go ahead and close it on out fellas um I said I had a lot at the top and uh, I had a lot at the end. I'll say there is a, this probably could have been a question too, but uh, the mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, held a um, held a non-white uh, holiday party 
for uh, people in the Boston uh, local government. So no white people were allowed, were invited to the party. But she mistakenly sent the email out to the white people as well as the, the black and other minority people. So they found out. And there's been a conversation about is that reverse racism. Um, I also want to I also want to um, complain about a lot of these skits that we see on social media. I, I almost don't trust anything I see now. Any, anything that's outrageous, I'm like, ah, it's a skit. Like, because I, I, I've just been fooled too many times. I want to go back to like the famous Cheesecake Factory one. We're in a text thread. We got a homeboy, and he was saying how (laughs) he was saying how some of the young women that come to his place are easily impressed by Johnny Walker Black Label, right? So I just want to encourage these so-called content creators to please think before you make some of these posts bashing Cheesecake Factory and things because there are people out there like my homeboy that are impressing these ladies by taking them to Cheesecake Factory and buying some the regular Hennessy VSOP and you're messing it up for them okay there's a couple of brothers out there now that was looking forward to taking some women a woman to Cheesecake Factory and now he couldn't after that skit came out so y'all need to chill on some of these skits that's, that's shaming the, I guess you call it lower tier products. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see anything about coach bags or Michael Kors or anything like that. We need our mid-level brothers and, and sisters to thrive. Okay? So if you want to buy him some polo cologne and he's easily impressed by that, ladies, you should be able to do it. And these skits need to stop shaming the cheesecake factories of the world because people like my homeboy need to be able to easily impress the opposite sex at times. Uh, so that, and on and on, a more, on a more serious note, we talked about Jonathan Majors and his whole DV case. I want to talk about a more serious case. This guy was one of my favorite um, top five boxers. And he uh, recently was arrested. He recently was arrested. And his wife is filed for... Um, uh, divorce as well as uh, I think she got a restraining order against him. But I just want to play this for I want to play this for people real quick and just it's it's pretty 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 pretty. Let me say this off the rip. Let me say this off the rip. Change your mind. Change your mind. Look, look, look. What I'm really saying is she played big tough girl. But she could- Bro, this hey, is hey, bro, I don't hey, hey, I'm bad. I don't know. Bro, look, 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 look. I thought she was tough, bro. I thought, all right, hey, hey, I'm gonna do it. Hey, hey, can I show you? I hit that like this. Hot in the eye, soft in the eye, big, swole, purple, can't open. That called the cops on me. Like a woman, like a regular woman. That's that. So when I said last week that. The Jonathan Majors thing is the first DV case that I've ever laughed at. I, I was serious because seeing him run away from his girl, I'm sorry, that just that looked comical to me. That looked like a, 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 a movie scene or something like that. Listening to this lets you remind you of how serious DV is. And to hear him brag about how he hit his wife and 
she was like a regular woman. She called the police. It, it just, it was, it, it was, I can't think of any word other than gross. Yeah. So, How, uh, like I said, he was one of my favorite boxers, but not anymore. Yeah, it's like he sounded appalled. Like, like, how could she call the police on yes. me after I hit her in the eye right, and right, purpled right. her well, eye? Well, he he says she talks big, so I guess he thought she could physically back it up against a professional trained man boxer. No, he, he's trash, but it's probably along along with one of the what you were talking about the skits. How you know there's this this new image of you know some women feel like they're so tough that not that they can take on a man but like they're used to this like I'm I'm with men who are aggressive and I, I date this and so this is the kind of woman he's attracted to like the way he described it, he hit her like it's not like he said he hit her regular he said he he laid her out like purple you know purple eye but like it's couldn't open yeah yeah like it's like sh- it's almost like she brags about being with niggas and being, you know, like I'll fight you and I'll do all this, yada, 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 yada. Like, this is what she wants. Like she wants this aggressive relationship. And when he gave it to her, like, well, apparently she don't want this aggressive relationship. Like you said, it's like his home was kind of like, I don't want to hear this. She called the police. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) because maybe he thought they were going to fight. He's probably dated chicks that they were going to, you know, you know, Byron's just, I don't, I don't know I can't when I heard it the first time I'm like I don't get it maybe it's just because I know people who are in those relationships where they fight they go back mm-hmm. and forth that's mm-hmm. how they get along and he's always with women you know insert random dude he's always with chicks they like to fight the chicks always with dudes that she fights back and forth that's the dynamics of their relationship so I would be surprised if the first time he's ever put his hands on her I hope he gets help. He is a boxer, and oh, yeah. we know what that comes with with being hit in oh, the that, head. So oh, that's going. Oh, that's going to be an interesting defense too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that he that could, phone call because is he damning. clearly there's one. Like, like, it's all bad, but it's one thing to hit a woman and then feel some type of remorse, but to talk like that, he's talking. Oh yeah, that they gonna throw the book at him. His yeah. the only only thing they can do is say he has brain damage and all this stuff and. I don't even, you can't play plead temporary sanity when you're talking about, yeah, that dude's screwed. I mean, he seems, I hope he gets everything that's coming to him. Yeah. Ladies, be careful out there, especially people who are used to being in violent, you know, relationships. You just never know how, you know, how extreme it can go. So that's all I got. Oh, and Merry Christmas. We hadn't said that once this yeah. episode. Merry Police Christmas, Navidad. everybody. Yeah, yeah, we're dropping on happy Christmas. Hanukkah. We so, said Happy Hanukkah last. Uh, if, if I can get this edited yeah. in time, oh. we're dropping on Christmas. If not, then we're going to be dropping on New Year's Eve. So we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll see our New Year's Day. Uh, one or the other. So yeah. either Merry Christmas or Happy New Year's. Wow. One, one or the other. Happy New Year, just yeah, in yeah, case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so got to see if I can get it edited in time. Um. So, yes. Right. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas to you guys. Um. I talking about DV and the bad stuff. I want to, you know, shout out how hard it is for us regular dudes because you got the Russell Wilsons of the world that's buying Sierra her masters for Christmas. So you know, our little regular dang on Christmas presents ain't good enough. So, uh, but just shout out to him, man. He he, he's lame as I don't know what, but he's a good dude. Like, and I I think that's the issue is that 
so many people passed up lame dudes and then wonder why they don't have successful relationships. No, let's not go there, Rosie. Let's just congratulate Sierra. Congratulations to Sierra. And Russell. Yes, that, but um, let's not act like Russell isn't. Don't blame blame the women. Don't blame the women. No, I'm I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying that it's, it's... You blaming the women. No, no. I just said they passed up on those guys, so you, you... Get what you get, and you don't pitch a fit, uh, as as the kindergartners say. Anyway, that's all I had, man. Uh, with that, it, and if we don't uh, have an episode, we probably won't have an episode for New Year's because uh, we'll be out out of town, um, or I'll be out of town. I know for most of next week, and so with that, we'll see you guys in the new year. Uh, if we don't get an episode out before then, um, we still on Contentville, still um, putting out episodes every week. 8 o'clock on Contentville, Inspire You on Air app. Make sure you download that if you're not listening to us on there. And if you are listening to us on there, hit up any of your podcasts and platforms. Check us out there every Monday as well. So that's all I got, man. All right. I'm going to make my quick. I'm going to let y'all know I got uh, I got new ops. <laughs> I got new ops. Um, I, don't, I don't mess with school bus drivers. Oh, I feel like I got punked today in uh, the parking lot of my son's daycare, and I didn't realize how much power school bus drivers had. And so I'm ready to get out, go through the gate to get out, and the school bus that was just parked didn't move. I'm getting ready to go around. They put out those flashing red lights. Oh yeah, you, know, you got to stop. Yep, you do. You got to stop. They are one. They are one of the most powerful people in the world. When they ain't nothing you can do. Mm-mm. You know, you hear police sirens, you know, ambulance. Like you might still try to go and move and, you know, run the light or whatever you need to do to get out the way. School bus. And so they just sat there for about two, three minutes. I didn't see anything happen. Nobody got on the bus, off the bus, none. Call it three minutes later. They just closed it and rolled out the gate like nothing happened. I feel like they knew I was in a hurry. They were trying to punk me. They want me to go around because nothing seemed like it happened. <laughs> And I feel like they got they got it out for me, and I didn't realize how much power they got because the whole time I'm sitting looking at my watch, like really, I'm you know how you looking around like is anybody getting on getting on? No, nah, we just gonna sit here. All right, so I got ops now. With that being said, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, oh uh, Happy Kwanzaa because we probably won't be back before then either. So uh, three brothers, no sense. Your favorite barbershop style podcast, Six Rules of Podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next year. <laughs>